Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am, of course, your host, Michael Sherlock. That has not changed. I have not become a new human being at least in the last 24 hours that I know of. And all month long, we are talking about a very, very important topic, which is money and money matters and how money matters, depending on the way you look at it. And all month long, my guests have given us some really different, unique vantage points to talk about money. And today my guest is a credit expert. And so as we get into this, this is going to be fascinating. I know we're going to have a lot of great discussion about this. Um, and so let's talk about her. So Jerry Detwald, Detweiler, look, I even practiced it before and I screwed it up. Sorry, Jerry. I do that every time. Close enough. <laughs> She's the education director for NAV, which provides business owners with simple tools to build strong business credit and match them to financing. And boy, what a timely topic. Now get this. Now she is no, uh, she's no stranger to being on the interview uh, side of this equation. She's been interviewed in more than 4,000 news stories and answered over 10,000 credit questions online. Her fingers must be exhausted. And her, uh, her articles have been widely syndicated. She's also the author or co-author of, author of five books, including one that I think is really poignant, Finance Your Own Business, Get on the Financing Fast Track. She's hosted her own radio show, and this I can't wait to ask her about. She's testified before Congress on consumer credit legislation, so I can't even imagine what that's like. So this interview with me is going to be just a piece of cake, Jerry. Thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> You're exactly right. I was terrified. <laughs> I bet. Well, before we get into everything, just tell, you know, Tell me a little bit about that. What what was it like to testify before Congress? Uh, it was I was a nervous wreck. So yeah. yeah, it was I was a nervous wreck. But it was it was about the, it was related to the legislation about credit card costs. So yeah. when I started in this field, I worked for a consumer advocacy group. And if you wanted to get your credit report, you had to pay for it. You had to take off work, go down to the credit bureau. There were no free consumer credit reports. In addition, when you applied for a credit card, you didn't find out what the interest rate was till you got the card. There was no upfront really? disclosure of the cost of credit cards. So that all sounds mind blowing. To to us now. But yeah. if I want to bl blow your mind, that's the way it works in business financing right now. So in business financing, there is no requirements around business credit reports, and they've been around a long, long time. And uh, with most business financing, California and New York have both passed some legislation, and it's in the process of being enacted. But with business financing, generally, they do not have to tell you an APR. So wow. sometimes people will end up with financing and they'll end up paying a lot more than they realize because they don't know it. I'll give you a quick example. If you have a, if you're a merchant who accepts PayPal in your business, mm -hmm. you will get offers all the time from PayPal saying, you know, we can give you financing. If you yes. click through and start looking at that, the, the upfront information has a fee 
a, a dollar fee. It doesn't say here's the interest rate. You have to try to figure that out. So oh. you have to figure out, hey, if it's 25 or 30%, maybe I'm better off with my credit card at 18%. So I feel like it's kind of oh, coming man. full circle. I've been in this area a long time, but there's still lots of fun challenges. And uh, that's what I love to do. And, you know, every time I get on PayPal, cause that's how I pay my team. Cause my whole team's in Kenya. And every single time I get on, it asks me if I want to have a loan. And it, yes. like, I've never once clicked through, but God love you for continuing to try. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jerry, I know we have a t so much to talk about, but I'm going to make sure I give you a chance first to tell us more about you and your business and how you help your clients to shock their potential. Sure. So I am co for currently full-time employed at NAV. Um, NAV is sort of like credit karma for small business. So we're not a lender, but we're a marketplace. We're the first and only site to show business owners free business credit from Dun & Bradstreet, Experian, and Equifax, all of which have mm -hmm. commercial credit bureaus. And then we use their data to help match them to financing. We don't sell that to lenders. You don't get calls from lenders because you have a NAV account, but instead we'll show you offers. Um, for lenders in our marketplace. And I got there because when I was writing Finance Your Own Business, my last book with um, small business attorney and rich dad uh, uh, advisor, Garrett Sutton, yeah. uh, I interviewed the CEO of NAV. And I was like, oh, this is interesting what they're doing. I kind of kept in touch. And then the book came out and I uh, got in touch thinking they might want to sell some of my books. And instead, I ended up there full time. So <laughs> I have been a business owner. I did work as a business owner for uh, over a decade with my own consulting, writing, and speaking firm. Uh, but I am right now employed with NAV, and I love working with small business owners. You know, I, I've been in the consumer world and small business owner, and small business owners are consumers too. So when it comes Absolutely. to credit, there's no shortage of things that we can do to try to help them position themselves. Well, so many things that, um, I mean, I don't even know where to start because here I'll just tell you a couple of little things. I started my career, well, I started as a school teacher. I taught one year and then they were laying off teachers all across my city. Um, so of course, you know, if you only had one year of experience, you weren't doing that. But I got hired by Consumer Credit Counseling Service as their director of education. So I did that for a number of years. So just on the, the individual consumer side, which got me familiar with the credit bureaus and the credit reporting and, you know, um, you know, how people could actually, you know, maintain control and get control or repair, you know, their credit situation. So that's fan fantastic. Now, you know, fast forward all these years now, I'm, you know, I'm a multiple small business owner. This is, you know, I've got two right now, but I've had many over the course of my lifetime. And, this is a business that I, both businesses we've financed, you know, personally. Um, but what was interesting is during COVID, uh, you know, I, it's the first time I ever received a, an SBA loan and it's very interesting to read the documents. Now, luckily that's a very low interest rate. Um, and the, the payoff terms are great. So it's, you know, in fact, I won't pay, I won't take the time to pay it all off because it's ridiculously long. But um, it's really interesting in this world of business finance, and especially today for so many businesses that have been struggling, that they need, they, many of them need loans, whether it's to keep your doors open or to expand and scale. But you're right, I think that there's, there's just not this information that's 
understandable or easily accessible enough. Frankly, every time somebody from Dun and Brand Street, Broad Street, whatever it is, DMB, they call me, you know, or send me an email about making sure I have a good business credit rating. And I'm like, I don't even know where to start. I have no idea what my business credit rating is. I have no idea what that looks like because I haven't been establishing credit as the business with anybody. So I'm probably going to be, you know, you're probably going to have to counsel me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that's a great background that you came from because credit counseling services are doing a lot of good, especially right now with what's going on with so many people yeah. struggling with the COVID crisis. So on the business credit side, you do have these bureaus done in Bradstreet, Equifax and Experian. And mm -hmm. I, I often, um, in my session or my webinars, when I speak, I talk about Dun & Bradstreet. I don't know if you knew this, but Abraham Lincoln worked for Dun & Bradstreet back in the day. He I did not know that. Yeah, he was a reporter for them. So they have been around a long, long time. But there's no disclosure requirements at all. Anyone can check your business credit. They don't have to tell you. So it's not something that's on the radar of most business owners. So that is one reason why, you know, we've helped over 1.5 million small business owners at NAV is so they can check their business credit for free. So you can do that too, Michael. Uh, ah. No, no pressure. It's totally free. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, monitor that. The one thing I am warning business owners and I am a recent identity theft victim. So oh. this is not unusual, but on the business side, there is a significant rise in business identity theft. So really? I just heard today from a business owner who said, I just saw my business's name on the list of companies that got PPP and I never applied. Oh. Oh. So they can apply for credit in the name of your business. And if you're not checking your business credit, you won't know at all. I mean, there's just no, how would you find out, right? So you might not find out for a couple of months. Some of the business credit cards don't report to your personal credit unless you default. So you could find out that, hey, they opened a business credit card in my name. I didn't even know this and they've defaulted and now, you know, they're coming after me. So if you wow. do nothing else, you know, even if you're not in the market for finance, if you just check and monitor your business credit, then that's one step to just making sure that everything's okay. That's how I, I learned about my identity theft through a credit alert. And that's how I was able to quickly act. And the same thing can happen on the business side. So just a, just a little tip. That's really interesting because I never have ever thought of it. And the only reason that I've done any business or anything with Dun & Bradstreet is because I, you know, got a Dun's number so that I could, you know, uh, um, uh, go after government contracts. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I haven't really understood their, their role, you know, what, what they did. I just felt like I got in there and then they want to sell me stuff to make sure that I can improve my business credit. And I'm like, I, I don't even know why I'd need it. Um, but I'd never thought of that. And my husband and I annually, every time around tax time, we check our credit reports because it's, you know, we just do it once a year. We check to see if there's any problems. You know, we, it's just part of our process. But now I need to add one more element to what we're checking, at least annually. And should we just be checking annually or should we be checking more? Well, if you, if you use something like NAV to do it, we'll send you alerts. So if something changes, we'll alert you and then you can go in and see what's changed. So that may be just an easy way to do it. We do have a mobile app too, but that may be the easiest way to just stay on top of it. And that's what happened with me. I saw an inquiry on my personal credit 
uh, from credit monitoring. And I said, Hey, I did not apply for that credit card. And so that started my investigation into what was going on. They actually opened a bank account in my name, deposit, applied for unemployment and successfully got an unemployment deposited into my account. Now, fortunately I had flagged the bank. So they were able to, you know, bounce the check before this person Mm -hmm. took the money out. But, um, but there's all kinds of, there's just all kinds of scams going on right now. So if you aren't someone who normally checks this because you think I pay my bills on time, I shouldn't have to worry about it. I would just recommend you kind of be a little bit more vigilant right now because the scammers are out in full force. Yeah. And I actually had another guest uh, on this series for this month who was talking about how many um, fraudulent PPP uh, loans were taken out. And, you know, and and he, he said something like, you know, if, if America really knew the volume of the fraudulent ones, we'd be disgusted because, you know, those businesses that really truly need the money, some, some of them couldn't get it because it was already gone. And to know that it was gone to people scamming, it just infuriates me. It's just like somebody, you know, taking unemployment claims when there are people that still are in limbo with their, you know, their financial needs and somebody else is getting something that, that, that could go to somebody else, but that shouldn't yes. be going to you anyway. You know, I mean, that, that there's just so many damaging components to that. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And the other, the flip side that I see, because we've done a lot of work um, helping borrowers understand PPP and EIDL, those programs, um, is that these borrowers are super anxious. So they just want this money today. And yeah. So they're stressed out because they're not getting it fast enough. On the other side, the lenders and the SBA are trying to minimize that fraud. So you know, I have to say, you need to take a deep breath. And I, I understand if your business is struggling, you know, you need that money, but also understand that they're trying to make sure that the money goes to businesses that actually qualify as opposed to these uh, scammers who did get a, a significant amount of money in the first round. Yes. Yeah. So frustrating. And I agree. I, I was actually, you know, I was pleased. I was really surprised actually when I got the SBA loan, because, you know, through all those, the grants and everything, especially at the beginning of COVID. And I know I didn't need the same amount as some other businesses. I just, you know, I have a small team there, you know, or maybe not so small anymore, but they're, you know, but to keep them going and keep them employed and keep, you know, things moving with our business, you know, it was so incredibly helpful and it just took a weight off. And, uh, you know, so as you kind of get those deep breaths and say, there's times that you need it because it's survival. And now I think it's, it's interesting to see people starting to come back and say, okay, now what can I use a small business loan, for instance, or a, or a business loan of any kind to start to actually scale my business. So not just survival anymore, but I'm hearing people really ready to grow again. And that's really exciting to me. And, and I know that, um, that, you know, this, these kind of loans will make it happen. What kind of questions should people be asking? Because if, if it's not readily easy to see, you know, what that loan costs you and you read the fine print, are there other good questions that we should be asking to making sure that we're making the right decision for, for a loan for our business? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And I, in the presentations I've been giving for the past few years, like pre-COVID, I would say you want to line up financing before you need it because it could right. be an opportunity or a crisis. Well, we saw the crisis, right? Yep. Full force. But I do really believe that as the vaccines roll out, things start to feel more safe again. We are going to see a lot of opportunity. And at a minimum, there may be other competitors in your space who, you know what? 
they're just done. Like they yeah. don't want to be in this business anymore. And there could be an opportunity to acquire their business. And that could be yeah. something you could do with say an, a low rate SBA loan or other types of financing, or it may be that they're selling equipment because they're going to close and liquidate. And so you can get a really good deal on some equipment that you need for your business, whatever it may be. There's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of opportunity. So I hope this does sort of you know, spur business owners to prepare. So the, the, I'll just give the three things I'd say you really want to make sure you're doing. One is um, most lenders do want to see a business bank account and they're going to analyze your business revenues increasingly. Mm -hmm. You know, it used to be that your bank would ask for bank statements and they may still mm -hmm. do that, but increasingly they'll actually ask to link to your bank statements so they can analyze the activity in your bank statement. So we saw a lot of smaller businesses during PPP and EIDL who are operating out of their personal accounts. And this mm. is not helpful. So if you have been doing that, or if you've been commingling your business yeah. and personal expenses, that's the number one thing I want you to do right now is to separate it and use your business, you know, just for your business. The second thing, we saw this a lot. Now we're seeing it with the round two of PPP because it, that launched in January when most people were not ready to file their taxes, but the tax right. information helps you figure out how much you get, right? So the second thing is to, make sure your bookkeeping is absolutely up to date mm -hmm. so that it is accurate and you can produce the information that a lender may need. They may say, you know what, we need a, a year-to-date profit and loss statement. And if you wouldn't know, if you wouldn't be able to call your accountant or you wouldn't know how to push the buttons in your accounting software and do that, you need to be ready for that because that could make the difference uh, between getting the financing. And then the last thing I would say is, you know, really be on top of your credit. There's a lot of hype right now on the internet about how you can build business credit and you don't have to worry about your personal credit. But I can tell you the traditional lenders, they're always going to check the owner's personal credit. So right. they can check business credit too, but they also are going to check the owner's personal credit. So I really want business owners and fed data backs this up that you need to know your business and personal credit because uh, the combination is used about 45% of the time when applying for small business financing. So being on top of that can also be important. I've seen Michael, you know, people who have commented on our blog and said, well, I just got my business credit it says I have a bankruptcy and not my business. I've never filed for banks or bankruptcy. My business hasn't. They've probably been mixed up with another business of a yeah. similar name that has. And so if they don't catch that, they could declined and never know that that was the reason they didn't get the financing. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, just another reason to make sure you are looking at both credit reports, personal and business, because you, before you start the process, because you don't want something to, you'd rather fix something, get it taken care of, cleared up, you know, uh, and do that go walking in with a clean slate rather than have to try and explain, even if you are in the right it never puts you, that wouldn't put you in a position of power. Right, exactly. And you want to be in the best position possible to help that lender say, yes, lenders make money by lending money. They really do want to lend money if they can, but you yeah. also have to help them analyze your business and, and reduce that risk. And, the, and those are three things that can definitely help in that favor. Excellent. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Imagine starting a long journey without a map or even a clear idea of the obstacles ahead. That's exactly what it's like for entrepreneurs who start companies with a lot of passion, but without the financial expertise to grow and scale their businesses and create long-term wealth for their families. Find a financial advisor who can help you map a better journey. 
Wayne Titus shows you how in his book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. With the right advisor at your side, you'll have the freedom to focus on what really matters to you. Get The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being at Amazon.com and in the virtual bookstore on the Shock Your Potential app. And we are back with Jerry Detweiler, and we are talking of all things business financing without a doubt. Um, and you have had some phenomenal um, pieces of information here. And I don't know if you have other tips, but before that, I want to go back. I'd like to go back a little bit just to pick your brain a little bit more. Um, when you have when you testified before Congress, I know you were nervous, which I love that you shared that. But I, I, I'm imagining that once you got going and you were passionate about what you were, you know, presenting. That, you know, when you get in those high stressful situations like that, does your passion just come through and help you to, to convey your message about how important it is for, you know, clarity for, you know, for transparency, you know, what, what was your driving message in that? That still drives me the idea that at least we should have the information we need to make good decisions. And then we should be able to turn somewhere when there's predatory practices. So those are the two things that I think are really, really essential. And, and, and just in terms of the, the presentation part of it, you know, I was, when I started my career, I was terrified of public speaking. I mean, to the point where I would not do it. And I just had, I was forced into it. So now I've, you know, been on radio and TV and I've hosted a radio show and I love it. But it's one of those things that I did not want to do, but it paid off. And so I know there are people listening who hate dealing with the money side of their business, right? Yeah. They think that I like maybe would be an accountant. I would never be an accountant. I have no interest in that type of work. Not that I don't respect people who do, but that's not what I love. What I love is yeah. education and really consumer advocacy and you know helping people exercise their rights, et cetera. So I just want to emphasize that the money part is stressful and hard part for many business owners and they struggle with it. I did when I was self-employed, you know, mm -hmm. you, you can bill, you can have a great client and then they take a long time to pay you. And in the meantime, you're struggling and you're trying to pay your bills and you're worried about pounding them for them. It's can be very stressful. I had a business partner who ripped me off for over 40 grand. I oh. never actually found out the total. I never got a penny from him for all the work wow. that I did on a joint project that he sold. So there's a lot of things that if you don't like decide, I'm going to make this a regular part of my business, then you're probably missing out on building a more successful business. And I know you've experienced that yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as you were talking, I'm like that you've just painted the picture of me because I hate that part. And I struggle with it every month or two months or six months when I say, okay, it's time I got to get it done. And finally, I handed over the financials to my husband and I said, here. <laughs> and so he just actually has now of all of the remaining of everything from 2020 that still needs to, be, I've done my part. He's got it. You know, he's going to help deliver it to the, uh, to the accountant, but it's, it, that was hard. It was just as hard to hand it over as it was for me to make myself do it because, you know, it's hard to have somebody else look at it and maybe question and, you know, why, why are you drinking Starbucks when you're on the road versus, you know, go into the Wawa for a coffee, you know, so, you, know you have that, there's a lot of emotion wrapped around it, but, but the more that, you know, the better decisions that you make. So, and the more you want to know things, the more informed you are, the better decisions you can make. 
Yeah, I agree completely. It's really an insight into your business to be able to review those finances and then make strategic decisions about, yeah, I'm going to borrow this money at 3.75% for 30 years because it's going to help me do this. You know, then you're working from a point of power as as opposed to a point of panic where it's like, I'll take whatever I can get. And there's a lot of predatory lending in the small business space where an APR of 94% is not... Out, out of the question. Yeah. There's, there's no, how does that even happen? There's pretty much no limit, you know, pretty much Congress's view. And even at the state legislative level, they've pretty much said business owners are sophisticated. They can hire advisors. <laughs> oh, they haven't so met me. They yet. <laughs> don't have to, we don't have to protect them. Like we do poor consumers. Well, you know, we, most businesses in America are sole proprietors. They're one person, yeah. maybe have an employee or two or a part-time employee. That's it. And they aren't sophisticated. So you have to be your own advocate in, in many ways. And um, we've enjoyed it now working on some of these things. Our CEO testified in front of um, the California assembly for the bill that passed uh, to disclose an APR in small business financing, which has been enacted. There's one in New York um, that just passed. So we're seeing some, we're seeing a little bit of movement. So that's kind of cool too. No kidding. You know, and I, it just reminds me of being in college and my first credit card in college. And, you know, you're just not prepared for it. And there, you know, the credit card companies are on site and they're like, Hey, and we'll give you, you know, a free toaster kind of thing. Um, It wasn't a toaster. I'm not sure what I got. But I didn't understand interest rates. I didn't understand what that meant. I just knew I could go buy something that I wanted. And to this day, I was think I was telling somebody else uh, earlier this week um, that the first purchase I made with the credit card was it was when CD players had just come out. So my CD player that played one CD at a time that was like a giant boombox was four hundred dollars. And it took me like two and a half years to pay that thing off. You know, because all of a sudden I'm getting this bill going, wait, 400, wait, I know that that's what the price tag said, but it didn't compute, you know, because you're like, oh, I can pay it off over time. And it it just frightened me like that, that moment when I realized what I had done um, frightened me and I didn't want to return it. You know, I didn't even know that if I could have returned it, I probably should have and could have, but, um, but I was ashamed of it. And it, and it was one of those things that started a series of thinking about money and maybe not asking all the questions that I could, because I didn't want to look like I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. And, you know, finally later in life, you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm going to ask every stupid question in the book because I don't care how stupid I look. I'd rather look less stupid without a big financial mistake. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I had the same thing with that first credit card. I don't, yeah, don't want to remember that, but I honestly, I thought (laughs) I just made the minimum payment and that's what the deal was. Didn't realize that I would never pay it off in anyway. Yeah. Buy a $400 boom box and uh, pay it off at $18 a month. No problem. That's fine. Right. Sure. <laughs> 26.9% interest probably or something. It was. Yeah. It was now I remember when I, my dad finally asked me about it and I, and I told him, he's like, I let me see your statement. And so I showed it to him, you know, and he's like, well, here's your interest rate. And it was over 30%. And he's wow. like, this is what, this is what is costing you. And I, that was, I had no idea, just no concept. I mean, I understood compound interest, but I only applied that mentally to savings. Mm. I knew, you know, I was growing savings. I was really good at savings, but I didn't think about the reverse with that. And, you know, as a small business owner, you, sometimes you do need to have loans to, to build and scale. And you have to decide to your point before you need it, what do you need? Are you prepared? Because when you want to use it, you need to use it for the right reasons, the right way, 
so that you're maximizing that, that opportunity as well as minimizing the risk. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where being prepared and knowing what's out there for you or someone with a credit profile like you or a financial profile like you is, is helpful because then you're not scrambling. Yeah, absolutely. And there, to your point, there's been a lot of scrambling over the last year plus, yes. and hopefully many people will keep going. Um, just one other thing I wanted to touch on because I thought it was really poignant that you brought up that um, because there are a lot of businesses that have not made it out the other side for whatever reason, that that does provide an opportunity um, for businesses who are still going, growing, or maybe, you know, need to update things or just add to their inventory or, you know, buy new purchase or, you know, customer lists, that this is a good time to consider um, how some of those misfortunes of others may be able to be turned to help your business. You know, when people come to you and, and they're, you know, they're trying to get in order, you know, kind of figure out what's next for them. Do they, are they always thinking that way? Or is that something that, you know, part of, you know, your programs help people to recognize or? I think that's one thing that many business owners don't realize, even pre-COVID, we're sitting on a, um, a tsunami of baby boomers who want to sell their businesses. There's a lot of opportunity out there. So a mm -hmm. lot of times when someone wants to start a business, they think I'm going to start it from scratch. But mm -hmm. sometimes it makes sense to acquire a business or as we mentioned, acquire it to add to your current business. And in that case, you might actually get better funding options because often lenders are very hesitant to fund a brand new startup yeah. business. But when they can see a business that has a track record, that's where you may get an SBA loan or some other uh, form of seller financing with a combination of bank or uh, traditional financing. So don't rule that out. There's a lot of opportunity in terms of um, starting or growing a business right now. And we do know the stats are showing that people are trying to start businesses at record rates right now. Don't mm -hmm. feel like you have to start it from scratch. There's lots of resources out there. Yeah, that's really interesting too. I interviewed a gal for um, a series called my the Side Hustle Room in my uh, Shock Your Potential app, and she um, wanted to get out. She wanted to start a business, thought about starting her own from scratch, and she ended up buying a, a gourmet marshmallow company, and it had been in business for like thirty years. And the owners were done. They didn't have anybody to leave it to. They wanted to sell it. And so she she now, now knows how to make marshmallows and all kinds of other things. But she said, you know, she goes, I remember her saying that was one of the smartest things because when she needed that loan for it, the, the established longevity of that business, the positive model of that business already gave her the track record she needed to say, I'm just going to come in and learn how to make them the system knows how to work. And uh, awesome. so you're absolutely right. There's a lot of that out there that, that uh, can be um, somebody might not think it's your own dream, but you can make it your dream. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, Jerry, we are going to have all your information on your, in our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you guys up right now, because they're like, I want to see how these people can help me build my business and scale my business. What's the best way for them to find you? So you can go to nav, N-A-V as in Victor, nav.com. And uh, if you go to nav.com and put slash podcast on the end, there is a place there you can download our build credit, build business credit checklist. And you don't have to give us an email address or anything. Just download it. It'll give you the steps of building business credit. It's really not that difficult. It just takes a little bit of work. So that might be of, of use to some business owners who are wondering how to even start that process. Excellent. Well, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? 
Well, I would say, you know, this has been a horrifically difficult, uh, you know, year, year and a half for many businesses, but I do, I, I, I do feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And if we can hang on there, you know, take advantage of the government options that are out there, like the EIDL, like the PPP, state and local grants that are going out to small business. And then when that pent up demand is released, I think we're going to see some really great opportunities for small business owners. Excellent. From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> Jerry, thank you so much for being a guest today. I really value your incredibly important information. So thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.